Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 757. I was trying to think of bringing back that kind of, you know, every number has its own um, uh, uh, musical reference. And uh, the only thing I could think of was 757, which is Dirty Harry. Uh, well, it's Magnum, you know, the, the handgun, and uh, which is the classic line from the Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry. And then Lalo Schifrin, who did the music for Dirty Harry and a load of other stuff besides. That's Who's 90? Um, just thought that was about as close oh, wow. as I could get. Anyway, uh, so this is a music technology podcast. We're talking about all things to do with software, hardware, and all kinds of things. Obviously, we've just had Superbooth. I do encourage you to check out the 100-plus videos we posted from there. But since then, there's also been other releases because literally we got back and uh, there's been, you know, Push 3 and there's some other stuff to talk about as well. I uh, just wanted to say thank you very much to our sponsors from Superbooth. And for this show as well, we'll be uh, bringing you information from our friends over at Baby Audio and also... Uh, isotope, of course. And uh, while I'm on the plugging method, I would like to encourage you to join us on Patreon. Why not consider joining us on Patreon? For the price of a cup of coffee, you get all of our stuff posted ad-free. Uh, that's the stuff that's been monetized to YouTube. You also get access to the Sonic Discord server, as well as ad-free versions and Sonic Talk pre-show. Going up a level, just for six bucks a month, you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scenes looks, sample packs, and all kinds of other benefits. We much appreciate that those who do support us. And if also, if you do support us on the upper level by the end of the show, you'll get your naming credits right at the end, and that'll be... Uh, automatically done. So if you're fast, you may be able to just join us there. We much appreciate all our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you're considering it, welcome aboard. Anyway, back to the show. Yes, I uh, want to say thanks there. And uh, already we've had a great uh, a, a great concept. Uh, Nick Howes in the chat has said uh, the show title has got to be Do You Feel Lucky Punk? Which I think is probably... It'd be hard pressed to beat that with a show to, with a show seven five seven. So I think we'll go for that. But let's get on to introducing our guests. Uh, we have uh, both Gaz and Paulie. We'll come to Paulie first because Paulie's hasn't been on for a little while. Um, Paulie, Alex, Bow, uh, Magical Synth Adventure. I was going to press the button, Paulie, but I don't have it. Uh, it, it got. I was organising my assets and I didn't quite. The button's gone. But uh, Magical Synth Adventure, well worth checking. But you've uh, you've just uh, posted a new video, which I can play at least this bit, which will go. I'll get, the, I'll get the jingle. Sweet. Great intro there. So uh, how are you, Paulie? Um, obviously, just posted that video, which is on the Commodore Synth Soft Synth, which you mentioned before. Are you good? Yes. Yeah, not bad. I mean, it was a real, real um, challenge getting that video done because it's my first 30-minute video. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, it was really good. Obviously... I've been researching this stuff just in my spare time for a couple of years, um, loading various old floppy disks into my Amiga to see what what comes up. Hopefully not viruses. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just finding these weird things like weird FM synths from 1990 and stuff like that, you know, that you can make sounds with that sound pretty cool. So, um, yeah, if you go over to Magical Synth Adventure and uh, just look for the latest episode, I imagine Wagyu will just put it in the chat anyway um yes the link he may well do then um <laughs> he's great for that isn't he you'll just put anything you yeah, want in the chat. absolutely big shout big um, shout out to wagyu actually for all the work he does behind the scenes and all the people who yes. help out with the show as well yeah good yeah lovely guy round as well. of applause for wagyu well i was hoping to meet him in that super booth but he couldn't make it because uh, we oh, definitely needed to buy him at least one boozy dinner um but we didn't get yes. the opportunity um so, severely yeah. boozy dinner 
Yes. But no, um, I've well, been good. I've had a great response to it. You see, what I did to be clever was do something that split down the middle, appealed to synthesizer fans and also retro computer fans, who are two perfect. very, you know, very specific groups of people who sometimes come together. I think there's something going on at the Computer Museum in July. Um, in, I think it's in Cambridge. It's a day of old computers linked with MIDI to old synthesizers and fair lights and things. So oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, the two worlds are kind of, um, you know, next to one another, but they don't always cross over. So I thought, there we go. Let's bring all these fans together and, and try and get as many views as possible. <laughs> you're like you're like the MIDI of the uh, that you're bringing. You're, you're the, the, the MIDI that connects them all together, shall we say? That's yeah, maybe. Good, uh, Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyway, but lovely yeah, to see great. you. We've also got uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol. Gaz Williams, of course, uh, YouTube Gaz Williams, who uh, I think is gearing up for a live show tonight, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this one uh, tonight. I mean, obviously, so much gear going on at the moment with Superbooth and whatnot. Um, but, you know, and Nam. Although not so much gear at now, but yeah, this thing tonight is going to be the uh, the the feature, which is the Boss Gigcaster Eight, and I think it's quite interesting in a way that this is like a you know we've just been seeing this kind of thing in the last few years, maybe sort of like post pandemic almost, but podcaster type mixers or streaming, well not just podcasters, like you know internet focused uh devices um mm. and like this actually makes a lot of sense you know if you do like a live stream like myself uh anyway so yeah we're looking at that are you using it now oh. is that are you going I, I to am it now? Indeed. yeah i am i am using it at the moment vocals oh, yeah. oh right okay yeah right cool. but you know i mean We'll go into this in, you know, in so we'll do a deep dive tonight. But I mean, you know, just conceptually, it's quite interesting, isn't it? That, you know, we're seeing these things come out which are adapting to the changes that we're all going through in society. And I think obviously lockdown, a lot of people were really, you know, watching a lot of streaming and i think that's kind of created like a a market kind of push a uh, bit of a race really and uh, a lot of the main manufacturers are now bringing out these new format uh, mixers yamaha have got something which attempts to cover similar ground in a very different way but uh, this one is a boss uh, yeah. you know, as opposed to like Roland. And I think that, that, it, that that's one of the key things about this because it actually has got quite a lot of effects capabilities. So Channel uh, 1, right. for instance, is the GT1000, or rather it's got all the uh, amps and effects from the, the oh, top wow. of the So it's deep. I mean, it's deep. It's not as deep as the GT1000. You can't create sort of split signal paths, and, but it's uh, it's all the amps. And then, like the VE500, which is their flagship vocal processor, it's got all of them in there as well. So, you know, you can be having uh, guitar. <laughs> I can't be careful. I'm, I'm messing with my level there. Yeah, what's uh, your level there? <laughs> you, know, you can have your guitar effects, you know, uncompromised, I suppose. That's the kind of key thing. Normally with things like this. They would have kind of just like a just a tiny like bit of effect, you know, just mm. or like with a few parameters. This is like kind of the deep. This is the sort of deep dive 
Because right. when you go into the oh, well, effects... Well, I'll look forward to that later. That'll be re- yeah. a really interesting show. Here we go. I think the thing Thank is, well, I'll be interested to know whether or not, um, as with many Roland products, you go, oh, that means I can do all of these things. And then you look at it and it's like, ah, no, it doesn't do that thing that you really... If it did that, it would they, be killer. Is they, it that? Uh, Has it got that? Yeah. <laughs> there is a massive gotcha with this thing. <laughs> there is. And you'll have to tune in tonight to see what that is. <laughs> oh, well done. Nicely done. Yeah, no, I, I don't, yeah, good good work, good work. Uh, so, yeah, nice. I mean, all of this stuff is is, is fascinating. I mean, we haven't, mm. uh, you know, it hasn't been a quiet week when it comes to, no. well, obviously we've got a load of stuff that we try. I mean, last week was literally just us talking about listing things that were that were released at Super Booth and obviously <laughs> didn't get around to anything. There has been, since then, um, we got back from Super booth uh, we had a shoot with ableton uh so anyway yes i should probably do that because that is now uh what we're doing okay so let's take a look but tobias we're back in the van oh we except are. that's the wrong thing the same van fantastic i'll get that right one day let me see where that is ableton push come on god dear i'm sorry about that that's most embarrassing Yes, loving promo. Uh, sorry about that mess up there, but, you know, it's inevitable I do that at least once a show, and that was, hopefully, that was just it. Ableton 3, or they're calling it Ableton Push, rather. Uh, huge news. It's really interesting. We post, so we were able to post this. We had a look at it. It's the same footprint. I mean, what you're basically getting is the same footprint. I mean, this thing weighs a ton, I have to say, and when they say, you know, you can unplug it and use it on your lap in the sofa, on the sofa in front of the table, I'm not so sure about that. It's got a huge heat sink at the bottom of it, which I think gets <laughs> quite warm because there's a lot of processor. So it's got a built-in uh, Intel Nook, um, which is like, it looks like an SSD, but it's an entire processor and RAM that you just slot into a specific thing. It has to have some BIOS uh, fiddling to make it work. It runs a copy of Ableton Live. It rec- it runs it will run Ableton Live Suite. It will run Max for Live, and it runs obviously the the push control stuff, or maybe there's some other stuff. So essentially. Um, it comes in two flavours. One is with an audio interface and just a controller. Brand new pads, MPE pads, not, and a few new controls, I suppose. And then the upgraded version, which has the full version, which runs in completely standalone mode. And it was very impressive, actually. I mean, I think obviously it's going to be quite challenging to. Where I see this working personally is because you know it's probably easier to get into the flow and create and get really tweaky on your main computer but as we all know when you're going live you tend to consolidate those sessions into something that's manageable and then you would maybe put that onto your push live uh, your, your your push 3 and then that would be the thing that you would take out live without the computer because you don't need all of those things yes it won't run vst third party vsts but it runs everything else that ableton all the devices sound packs and whatnot it's a pretty big it's a big deal. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know what you think about it anyway. I'll come to you uh, first, Paulie. I don't know if you're an Ableton Live user uh, or what you feel about this, because there are competitors. We've got, obviously, you know, Akai's uh, um, Force and, and Machina Plus and all that stuff. So given that this runs Ableton Live, would you be allowed to post the music, the videos you made with this in doorless jams? 
<laughs> or would you good not? question is it really yeah it's it's it, just i suppose strictly speaking no because essentially it is a computer and it's it's just got a different interface but that's yeah, you could say that's sure. the case for almost anything really but yeah i take i point. like I, I like the um that was just a silly joke i like the way this is going though this kind of consolidation of um uh, DAW's into kind of more sexy hardware, you know, that's yeah, been yeah. happening these last few years. Um, yeah. Because, obviously, not everyone wants to do their taxes with a mouse when they're being creative. Some people want that, you know, that kind of... You call it smooching, don't you, Nick? You like to smooch with a piece of gear and... Um... Really? I've never, I've never <laughs> said that, but I'll, I'll take it. You said it, it one, once... Another... Okay, once is enough. That defines me completely. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, we were talking about um, having a kid and you were like, you know, you've got no time to just smooch. And I was ah, like, okay. okay, well, that's the word. But anyway, yeah, people just like that kind of experience, don't they? And uh, for some people, computers really take it out, out of it. It looks like yeah. it's got really good um, specs for a bit of future-proofing as well, right? Yeah. And well, I mean, is you the can motherboard you, kind of yeah. modular? Could you at one yeah. point yeah. just whack another one in? Yes. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's a NUC. It's an Intel NUC, which is it looks like an SSD with a sort of PCI type set of pins at the bottom, and that whole thing has the CPU plus the RAM, and that is the one that is in it at the moment. People are sort of moaning about it not being yeah. very highly specced, but it obviously it's not doing anything other than Ableton. It's an i3. I don't know what the processor speed is with eight gigs of ram and the idea is and the, then there's an ssd separately so you get a yes, 256 yes. gigabyte ssd so yes i mean they said you know you can get i9s you can get these things in i9 yes. with loads more ram but they cost a fortune i mean as they stand even the i3 eight gig costs about 500 bucks i think off the shelf i mean obviously they're mm. getting it cheaper but they're going to have to yes. add their, their their markup on that so i mean that's why people are moaning about but yes you can and they very much wanted to make sure that it wasn't obsolete when the processor ran out. That was the yeah. that no, was the no, whole that's thing, really so. good. That's yeah, really, really that's... positive. And it might yes. be the future of of yeah. a certain type of hardware instrument, you know? There we go. Be because for for instance, I've got a Korg Nautilus, right? Which is the newer version of the Kronos, right? And that ran on like an Intel Atom 32-bit motherboard or something like that, running a custom version of Linux, right? Um, so we've had this kind of thing where it's hardware, but it's kind of basically a, a, a PC motherboard and a few bits and a custom, you know, operating system for quite some time. And I think it's a great way of doing digital, you know, because it means you can essentially get the features you want, upgrade when time, time comes. Maybe manufacturers can make different versions. Maybe they can make a keyboard version of this, you know. At some point. Well, it's yeah. I think like the pads are fairly are fairly intrinsic to it. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. right. I mean, you know, you could, I could imagine them doing a gold version for and you know, give for for really for sort Goldie. of. <laughs> yeah, well, for Goldie and people who, big big artists who want the the, the big thing. Anyway, I guess I'm sure you have something to add to this as well because it's a really it's it a very interesting yeah. kind of development. Fifty fifty split. Well, I, I'm not sure fifty fifty split. I think. All the people who've been waiting for it are going, this is bloody amazing. It's a real game yeah. changer, thank goodness. And then you've got a, a significant other people are going, it seems quite mm. expensive. I'm not sure it's enough for me. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know quite what, right. to, what the 
what the jury is saying at the moment. A lot to unpick here. So price-wise, big jump. So if you're talking just the controller versus the controller, it's almost double, but there is the audio interface to take into account, which is a stereo in, stereo out, but ADA in and out as well. You know, great move there. Great move straight away. Just that alone just kind of goes back, pow. I'd like that to be a standard, you know, on on things of a certain size. You know, those ADAT ports are pretty small, all the chips and all the stuff for that. I think it's all quite cheap to kind of do these days. Well, I don't really know much about this stuff, but I mean, but we are seeing so like so we're looking at around a thousand, aren't we? A thousand and fifty or something if you buy just dollars, dollars, yeah. But it doesn't come with Ableton, so you still have to buy the software. I think you get a twenty-five percent discount if to the to buying the software. So that's something that's kind of curious. You know, you buy something like the Machine Plus. you know, you get the full software. But here you buy the machine of control and you get live intro kind of, in, you know, functionality yeah. on the on the device and have to pay. Yeah. So, you know, this is like a, a new model, isn't it, in many ways, you know, but that that being able to buy that without the, the uh, without the ability to run standalone. So, of course, if you've got the standalone one, there's just a way that you can just make it become a controller, as you'd expect. Um, but there's some quite interesting cloud um, integration with all of this as well, where um, any data transfer that happens from the, the hardware to the to software has to go through Wi-Fi. You can't do it through the USB connection, which seems a little bit. It, odd, it's some... uh, it's not cl- it's not cloud. It's just over. It's just what you know. It's just through the uh, ah, through the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi for sure. Yeah. But, um, yes. Uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, but I think. Um, it, it was more to do with this idea that you have to transfer wirelessly anything from one to the other. But I guess that's going to be reasonably quick these days. What I would say about the um, the processing power of it is people may be getting confused about like looking at computers and the uh, the specs and music making. You know, <laughs> you could... I reckon I'd be really interested to see what critics of like the the power of that uh, Ableton standalone, you know, make it make a make a project that you over that you fill it and that you run out of the CPU. And I'd like to hear that. Be really interested to hear how you could max it out. So I mean, obviously you could with massive freeze. you can freeze stuff, you know libraries but but an important thing to note though is that it doesn't currently run any third-party software so we are just running those live devices but the crucial and big one from push 2 is max for live devices as well and i think combining that then with the, the other point i just wanted to talk about is that the mpe um the, the the MPE aspect of it is pretty huge, and mm. um, I know Geert Bevan was uh, most delighted about this. You know, he's worked tirelessly to get MPE as a standard and to be taken, you know, seriously. And I think to see that implemented in such a you know premium kind of A list product 
is yeah. a real real win for the establishment of MPE, you know, going forward, which fantastic. But that those particular pads, they've been described as having the same kind of technology as a touchscreen uh, in terms of the mm. capacitance. Um, so they're very sensitive, so you can really explore MPE potential and all of that bound into the live workflow and of course you've now got more editability well you have to with it being standalone for sort of mm. midi note um uh i don't know quite how nice it'll be to use but uh for some sort of you know piano rolly type editing in the window but yeah you know big 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 and exciting news i think yeah, I think there's got, I mean, you know, the, the, I, where I've seen it there, you know, people are sort of uh, uh, either just gagging for it or or not. And I suppose that's the case with anything like this. I mean, you're going to end up in that situation. I mean, I think where it where where it's surprising people is, you know, you're paying two grand for the hardware and you don't get live with it. I mean, I think at this early phase, mm. you know, I could understand why people might think that's that seems a bit weird. But I mean, they were they're inevitably going to bundle this eventually. I would imagine. I mean, at mm. the moment, they probably mm. just want to see how many people are going to buy it. It's going to be people who already use Ableton Live. I'd imagine, uh, because you know, you, you to, trying to learn Ableton Live through a push <laughs> three standalone sure. with no idea of how it works on a computer might be quite challenging, I'd imagine, because there's a lot of stuff inside Ableton that you need to get to. And that's the thing that I did notice when um, Jesse was playing it. Jesse is the hardware manager, uh, at the, the head of hardware at Ableton, and he's he's a massive push head. And so he loaded, he brought, a, 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 we were trying to, you know, we started out, he was going to make some stuff up on the spot. And I just said, no, just bring in the biggest session you could find and we'll run that. And that's what we ended up using in the end. And he just said, yeah, it came across fine. Obviously, third-party VSTs didn't. And that, again, that is an issue, I think, for people because if you're if you're an Ableton user and you're doing that, then you want to pull all your stuff across, then you would. But, I mean, it's going to be the same with MPC-X or MPC-1 or uh, Machina. I don't know if you can run third-party uh, VSTs on no. that. I'm not sure if that's, you know. So, I mean, it's not it's not like an unheard of situation it's just no. i guess people want the moon on a stick if they're paying a, you know a significant uh, price for it those those live effects and instruments they're are great so low resource necessary you know the resource right. necessary yeah compared to you know the external ones and i think that you're going to be able to run loads and loads and loads of them on it i think as soon as you start to kind of bring in third-party things i think that will sure. show up some of the deficit of the of the current you know cpu kind of stuff eight instances of diva <laughs> or something like that <laughs> or just you know, one perhaps yeah. or just you know, one. one of the one of the things that's really interesting is that they they've they've kept the essential workflow of the push from version two to version three almost mm. identical it's there's some enhancements you've got like a jog wheel that can uh press and also yeah that's the, really neat that's really yeah. neat that was enough yeah the other thing that really got me was when he just he brought in an unwarped sample and this was just really sort of showing off the capability of what you know the latest ableton 3 11.3 uh, can do anyway but it was doing it on the hardware so he brought a sample in auto warped it he said it's amazing it's say it and then he was playing that on mp mpe so he's playing the sample mm. and he slid and the pitch of the sample slid 
the timing retained its integrity. And that was kind of a bit of a like, mm. oh, wait a minute, because it was a whole break loop and it just sort of it was just playing and it transposed. And I was thinking, you know, that for, for instance, backing vocals, vocal phrases, all that sort yeah. of stuff. And the, other th and the other thing that was really neat was the uh, in-key slide. So if you move up one pad, it'll if one needs to go a semitone rather than a tone or whatever, it automatically will slide in key. Those things will make, because not everybody's comfortable playing uh, an actual, um, you know, a set of pads. I mean, there may be people, you could plug your Osmos into this and you can plug a Roly into this. I, we had a Roly here. I did try it, but the problem was, is I'd reconfigured the Roly with a different pitch bend range. And I, because I got a new computer, I couldn't then figure out the license to get the software back to, <laughs> to change the settings <laughs> oh, in the Roly. So we didn't get a chance to do that. But you know, those, because it's got a USB host port, again, you know, you can plug, he's the one thing that Jesse was saying, you can work in standalone or in, uh, mm. um, non-standalone mode so he was basically running the whole system as his the hub to his midi interfaces plus his audio interface with all his synths plugged into an adap you know interface and in standalone mode it came you know it was just unplugged in, in sorry in controller mode it all is accessed via ableton as you would expect through his computer and then when he went into standalone mode it was exactly the same, but without a computer attached. So that sort of yeah. that they, these are the, there are some features in here that I think will be not become apparent yeah. until people start using them and go, wait a minute, that's amazing. You know that really, but yeah, I mean, I think um, just to clarify the price, I think Push Two was around about five or six hundred quid, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So in the UK, it's eight six nine. So it's about, it's not double the price. No, okay, so that's you know just, all right. That's. That's pretty reasonable because everybody is saying that the build quality feels really good and push, uh, the push two certainly the build quality they've held up really well over the years I think so, is a quality piece of gear. Hmm. Uh, oh, this is brilliant! Yeah. I've just got to put this up here. So, uh, uh, Mr. Gumby uh, says, "What about a Berenger Bush?" That's <laughs> that'll be coming up soon. What a, that's a great idea. Um, and a couple of MIDI era posted saying that um, uh, Stimming maxed his out. He went in a 96k session, and, and and that was you know. So yes, you can of course max it out. It's only an i3, but it's not running a full resolution screen. It's not doing. Yeah. That was one thing that I thought they could have done actually is put a, a display port on HDMI out. So you could yeah. effectively, but then I think that would tax the process so much because it would have to be mm -hmm. driving a full screen and stuff, of you know. Course. But uh, but yeah, some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the, also impressive. I don't. Uh, what's the latency like on the through? Yeah. Were you about? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I should have asked that. that. That's a question I really should have asked, to be honest. But hmm. uh, I'm afraid I didn't. I, I think the um, uh, the impressive thing also was they kept it pretty quiet. You know, it was actually it was announced and you can buy it. And that's quite yeah. impressive for something that big. So good big on them. Uh, very impressive. But yeah, so uh, literally, I mean, you know, big news. Um, okay, I better play uh, play a, a message from our friends over at Isotope. Ozone 10 is the future of mastering. The new version includes Master Assistant, match your master to any reference file or files. Also, the stabilizer module in advance adds clarity with intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ. Also included is the impact module in advanced, which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Don't forget the code SONIC10 at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK to save an additional 10% off any software purchase, not including subscriptions. 
And we do uh, appreciate the, uh, the, well, I think it's this the button I want. Yes, it's that, them supporting us. And uh, if you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, there is a unique page with all the information on how to save that 10% on Sonic 10, 10% off any uh, plug-in purchase. Thanks again to them. Great. Uh, right. Um, so... <coughs> I mean, big, big topic. I should actually mention, because uh, there's a guy called Woody Forrest who gets apoplectic in the comments when we don't mention anything NPC. There is, of course, an NPC X, which has been released, uh, which is like uh, an SE version, special edition, mm. has extra RAM. I, actually, I've got a button for it. I suppose I should just press it. Then we can get it out of the way just so he can stop hassling me. He does get very upset. So, yeah, this is a new one. It's essentially... It's got uh, 48 gigs of storage as standard and... Four gigs of RAM as opposed to two, which when you look at the uh, Ableton 8 gigs, it feels a little bit paltry, but I guess it's not doing as much. So anyway, that's out there as well. Two and a half grand though, 800 bucks. Um, in, and it, I, I have to say, the MPCX hardware looks fantastic. It really makes you mm. makes me feel like, oh, I bet that's great to work on. I don't know what... I've never really got on with that sort of touchscreen thing though, so I can't really comment. But there you go. We've mentioned it. And uh, for some people, it will mm. be perfect once again. I, I don't know. Um, has anyone tried an MPCX? I have not, but yeah. I do like the Akai beige. Yeah, uh, well, that's the, 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 it's the better, <laughs> certainly the better look. So anyway, we've we've covered it, yeah. so I just wanted to say that. But I haven't, well, I mean, I'm not a user, so it's hard to have a, a strong opinion on this, really. Well, it's interesting now, though, with these, it's only in the last few years, Machina Plus, the MPC, which probably was first actually out, wasn't it, of the of the the current gen of these standalone machines? Because it was a good few years where we just didn't have anything really remotely like that. So, yeah, quite exciting, I think, that sort of development. But I mean, you know, Akai, look, machine uh, native instruments and um, uh, uh, who were we talking about earlier? Um, Ableton. Ableton, <laughs> mind slip, manufacturer of the software and manufacturer of the hardware, you know, yeah. it's really well, they've hard. Been, they've, looked at, they've looked at what Apple's done and gone, well, if we can control the entire right. ecosystem, you, look what you can come, I, look what you could do. And I, I think the difference is Ableton Live, you know, yeah, it's not an MPC, but the, the what they've done with the pads and the and there are more pads 60 uh, 64 of those pads with that level of detail and pressure and sensitive control that's pretty big achievement and that's not something you get on the akai you get you get more knobs and you get more of that stuff so yeah it's i guess it depends on what workflow what, and what, what oh, yeah a lot cv Sorry. as well do Sorry, i remember yeah. correctly that it has some cv yes it does has eight well. which has is eight. incredible you know for for making it the centerpiece of a mm. of a kind of hybrid studio i agree yeah and again i suppose you've still got you can tempting. run the mpc you can run the mpc software on your host computer and i guess build the session yes. for a performance CDs. so uh, i think there might be stereo uh but you, you could be right oh. there i i think because the mpc one definitely has four i think it has more but yeah. anyway oh, sorry uh, we MPCX can has got a lot mpcx yeah sorry eight, that's right. the ableton yeah. out of the foot switch yes inputs. has four has four that's what i was saying i yeah, just want to clarify right. i was wrong i was I, I think i said something wrong earlier i was kind of implying that if you didn't own uh, ableton on your computer that the hardware would be limited to a live light i i meant not that the software <laughs> yeah the software the yeah. software yeah 
Anyway, uh, well, let's let's move on to uh, there's still there's still a couple of things. I mean, what's been really interesting is uh, you know we missed we missed a few things. I mean, one of the big well, this is actually I think this is pretty big as well. So this is we'll just play a little bit of this. This is we are. This is the uh, teenage engineering TP7. You know, we didn't really mention this. This is a new field control uh, field uh, recorder. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. This is a new the, thing. Uh, again, fantastically yeah. expensive. Outputs, I think it was uh, thirteen twenty-five. Again, settings. You just everybody I've spoken to goes, oh, "That's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. It does seven tracks, but it also does some. It's got some really unique and interesting uh, things going on. I, one of which is the the spinny pad, which is really good for sort of pausing and stuff. But I imagine if you're recording, you don't want something so sensitive and so big, <laughs> so that it could easily mess up your recording. But the other thing it does, you know, as many as well as many other things, is uh, it'll it'll link to uh, OpenAI, Whisper AI, and transcribe your stuff, and then via the app, it's some really interesting ideas for it so i think actually yeah i think we've just got all of the different features here again they're really good i mean you know in terms of what what teenage engineering used to release uh and the sort of glacial pace at which they used to now they're absolutely flying out the window yeah. they're really going but uh, i mean i do like the look of this i mean it's it's completely yeah. impractical for what i might want to use it for but i don't know i i I think we should get some of that hardware and see what it feels like. I also checked the table out, the mis yes. the mythical table. <laughs> was very nice, uh, quite interesting. And I did sort of pitch them the idea of uh, them providing tables for our next EMON, but uh, it didn't really <laughs> stick. So I'm not sure we're going to be getting like six grand's uh, worth of table for for our performers to play on and see whether they can break them. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, I don't know what you thought about this. I mean, it's a lovely, lovely item, yes. right? Yes, it's, it's absolutely, honestly, it's absolutely incredible looking. Um, I started reading the page of specs, thinking, well, why, why, why should I re recommend this over just, you know, like a good Zoom field recorder, which is what um, most of my people, friends who do field recording use, like Zoom units, you know, with the dual microphones and stuff. Um, but actually, but some honest, of the, the, the kind of tactile experience of it just counts for so much it makes it lust worthy i think mm. um in a way that apple products kind of yeah that's does, the, what do you understand for, functionally yeah, that's what they're going for it's exactly what they're going for um and i think that whole wheel because you can scrub through your recording can't you with the wheel i think yeah. so i believe which i think would be actually really useful if you were kind of going forwards and backwards it gives you a an analog style i think that appeals to me it's an analog style control surface for mm. a digital um i think it's it like it's like a brain. it's like a modern nagra i mean that's what i would say it's like that sort yeah. of level of uh, of lo loveliness but yeah i uh, guess i mean yeah. it, it we did be, i mentioned I mean, it i talked about this last week on the show oh you we did did, did you sorry yeah i yeah. beg your pardon but um because i'm you know i really want one of these things you know just <laughs> yeah I think, as Paulie said, it is like like lust, you know, like a lust, lustful sort of product. But um, there's a lot of interesting technological ideas on it, including those three stereo inputs or outputs. They're three, yeah. and they're all they're all configurable to either mono, in or out, stereo in or out. I've never really seen that before on something. 
So I think that's quite that's interesting. That's quite yeah. Curious. So it's obviously, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now the thing is as well, I think they've got a whole bunch of things uh, planned for this. Now they mention it on, if you read very, I think it's a tiny mention of it, but you can use it as a record deck in conjunction with with that little mixer. If you turn it on its yeah. side, the last... But Tobias, the we're last back in the van. ...comes a, uh, a crossfader. So two of them with their little discs on them. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's excessive, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it, I, I get it. But anyway, I thought yeah. I'd mention it because it just, it looks, I didn't actually get to touch it and I didn't film that one as with many of the things Andy did and it is a beautiful looking thing. But anyway, still many yeah. questions. I things, thought it was worth worth, worth things, bringing up because it's... There are things still to come with it, though, you see. Those three inputs. I'm sure, yeah. You know what? I think that I think the updates that will come out from that will maybe, and this is what I'm hoping, will sort of give it some sort of overdubbing or multi-track sort of recording capability. Mm. Well, yeah, that would be possible, wouldn't it? Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, uh, let's just jump to another topic. This is this one. Honestly, this story, uh, Midia uh, Chris posted this, and it's it's gone absolutely crazy on the site. And you see, it's like really clunky prototype, hey there, but they've my just name's got... Martin, and I'm going to show you around this instrument. Nopia is a semi-modular MIDI chord generator. It functions on the principle of tonal harmony. Right, I, I, it's it's a very ASMR kind of video. I, I, it's very stylistically <laughs> d nicely done. Don't know how much it's going to be. I imagine whether it's going to be a kickstart. I expect if they do a kickstart, it will go bonkers because we've seen a couple of these well presented sort of chordal tonal uh, MIDI control type uh, stuff go really large and raise like a million yeah. bucks so I wouldn't be surprised here um, really interesting uh, also incidentally from Argentina there seems to be quite a lot of stuff coming out of Argentina at the moment not quite sure what what the reason for that is maybe it's just uh, a complete coincidence does look very nice and really quite interesting I mean for those of you who perhaps aren't and I'm not musically very uh, adept so it might be something that i would enjoy but i i just I, I don't know i don't even know what to say how much it's likely to be whether or not it's going to be a thing i mean didn't get us didn't you look at um, one of those control i can't remember what it was it's not it's like the noodler but there was something else cord there? there was a cord, 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 cord that's right yeah yeah the cord yeah. and this quite similar really they're really covering very similar kind of ideas um but i think this is quite interesting, isn't it? It's like a, I know, it's like a 3D printed sort of prototype. In the guy, yeah. uh, just the a controller, though, isn't it? Just a controller, yeah, just not a, a controller. Yeah. yeah. And more than anything, I think the video is just almost like just somebody just showing their philosophy of the idea. So I, I'd be curious to see what happens next because uh, there's something about the aesthetic of that um, that I think maybe why it's it's been shared quite a lot of people have watched it um so yeah i'm gonna be you're gonna watch this one quite closely did you notice the thing about the little there's like two pads and they can be the base you can play bass yeah. lines by just sort of just tapping on a pad or having another one which you know so many bass lines really revolve around you know, I'm thinking a lot. It'd be great for country, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but uh, you know, if you're just finger tapping with two pads, but you're kind of moving the chords around, so the bass, the notes are changing, but the rhythms are coming from your two tapped fingers. You know, they, they, I mean, I think a lot of the ideas within it we've seen, but maybe not quite implemented in such an elegant way. It looks, it's trying to not be mm. so nerdy. Be a, it's being, it looks like it's a. Uh, it looks like it's being quite open for exploratory, you know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the chord bot, though, to, to give it its juice has a lot of very interesting similar functionality. Um, and it's, it's also got like a, like um, the the pad that you can uh, that you can stroke to almost like an, it becomes almost like a um, omni chord. Um, this one. Uh, having the knob which kind of increases the chord complexity so as you're playing yeah chords. i thought that should that i thought that should be a fader or a series of buttons personally yeah. a fader would oh, make more sense really I, don't, I can't think of rotary yeah. seems weird yeah that's the that was yeah. my only criticism i, I know but I, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. I, I think. Do you think part of it is it's that classic? It's that retro Japanese sure. uh, Nissan green that just <laughs> maybe maybe is what what really got people going on that. Yeah. I think I think it's an aesthetically beautiful looking thing because it even this like wonkiness. But my God, people will do anything to avoid learning a little bit of theory, won't they? A little bit of music theory. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these sorts of instruments that that kind of like do all these um, kind of uh, ways of putting chords together. Um, I mean, I remember at school there were a range of keyboards where it would kind of teach you what chords you were playing. You know, it'd show it up. It was really useful. Um, it's it's interesting to me because I always found music theory pretty easy. Um, I don't know whether that's because of my autism and stuff like that. Chords just came to me quickly. So my point of view is like, everybody should go and learn chords and it will enrich your life and things like that. You know, it'll make you super happy. It's magical. But I guess, you know, I'm not the audience for this, this instrument, basically. Right. Yeah, maybe I don't so. know if maybe I've been not. massively controversial and you've lost all of your listeners there. But I'm um, not sure that that's the case, no. It's... It's, I mean, AI is going to come and take all our jobs anyway, but <laughs> but I think the thing is, yeah, it's, I would like a display on it, so it, I don't know if, I couldn't see it there, I could see light up buttons. If they put a display in to show you what chords you were playing, then maybe you'd be able to then kind of learn what the chords are and those harmonic things. I see, and maybe yeah. You could take those ideas forward in the rest of your music and not have to rely on this one, right. one instrument. Because the only way you know how to do it is to press the, the right buttons on something mm -hmm. that's abstracted. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. what you... I get your point. And yeah, you that can, makes... You can, get, um, you can get results from that, but it is essentially a little bit of a hunting, pecking exercise, trying to find something to inspire you rather than, I, I guess, having all the inspiration come more from inside, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's approaches to music. It's always been a, a topic that's very, you know, contentious with different factions of people. I think part of the reason people don't want to learn music theory is some of the kind of classical worlds not being friendly and it not being accessible. 
and I think we need some kind of accessible, lovely, warm way. Maybe I'll do a harmony and theory channel on YouTube and just be like, yeah. You know, well, I, make here's it a warm, thought. I, make I, it nice, and but yeah, in, interesting instrument like the aesthetics, but it's not. It's not for me. I wonder, <laughs> I mean, for me, what would make most sense for something like this is for it yes. to be able to receive incoming MIDI so you could have, I've got a really basic thing that I've made. I don't know how yes. to then kind of take it any further. And if this would respond to incoming MIDI and go, okay, while this Here's is happening, no any of these buttons will will throw chords that fit the incoming MIDI yes. notation. Because otherwise you're going to have to set it to be the key and the whatever it is. You know, so you sort of got to set it up first, it I could, assume. It could so be that like a be... Debussy machine because he, he kind of totally went against diatonic harmony and he was like, what sounds good? Claude Debussy. So um, it could be that kind of machine. It could throw up different things to you and go, oh, actually, that sounds really nice together. I'm going to learn a bit about that and, yeah, you know, just I make it accessible so. and fun rather than sitting exams with... Yeah, you know. Well, I agree with yeah. that. Um, I should probably now just post. Uh, sorry, Gaz, I need I need to uh, bring in uh, a, f a, a message from our friends over at Baby Audio as well. Uh, they have released the BA One, which uh, they describe as a modern reimagination of a cultish 1982 analog synth, the CSO One, uh, that looked like a toy but sounded like a beast. Spoke to it that it brings pure and authentic textures that are faster programming, dripping in colour. They say. They also said that uh, they've not just recreated but enhanced and moved the design forward adding polyphony, second analogue model oscillator, FM and the ability to drain the battery which gives it a power sag that running down on the original did. Pricing and ability, uh, it's regular price 99 but you can save 15% with the code ST2023 and if you're interested in what the uh, CSO1 sounds like we've got uh, five minutes with, with an original CSO1 from uh, Chris from Battery Operated Orchestra so or Boo mm -hmm. Electric I think they're known now but thanks very much to them for their continued support. Sorry Gaz I cut you off then I think you wanted to just add something and I will, um, just uh, I, I I think that music theory related stuff is mm. getting it, it, it's something really interesting I think maybe if it's too dumbing things down or or as Paulie said you know you can't necessarily see what you're doing um, uh, I've got a module called the Harmonig from Instruo and it's uh, you can feed any kind of any voltage into it and then it'll split it out into all sorts of into chords um mm. but the controls on the front you can modulate so so you can sort of go in a bit daft and just just chuck anything in and just let it just do stuff and don't think about it too much but you could also go in and apply um you know, proper music theory knowledge, knowing about how, when to apply. Certain I think. I think. I think the thing is, though, I think the thing is about music theory is when you're in the moment jamming, you're mm. not thinking about music theory, and it's not a, an easy way to learn because that's not what your brain is doing. You're responding, yes. and you're getting the endorphins right. and things, which is a very, very different process to sitting down and learning some stuff and then applying mm. it. You have to then. Not only do you have to learn it, but you have to. It has to become second nature, so that you can incorporate it into those yes. flow moments when you're not thinking about. It. And that's really quite hard. You know, that's where mm. the skill comes in. That's where the practice comes in. That's why people are trying to, kind of, leapfrog that process to a degree yeah. to kind of get to that. So I can understand to a degree why that's happening. But that's yeah, it is a little bit um, uh, uh, bonkers in a way. Um, I think we might do some. Um, 
some questions. We haven't done any questions for ages and ages and ages. So I wanted to uh, wanted to, to to run a couple of things uh, through yeah through through this. So why not? Uh, so we'll start off with. Uh, uh, let's have a look. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Um, we'll start off with this guy. This is from Aquatic Borealis, and uh, this question is, uh, thoughts on Deluge going open source? Because that's another quite a big deal, you know, because Deluge, as we know, it was one of the earlier... Uh, it's been around for quite some time and been really powerful. We first saw it at Superbooth, didn't we, Gaz? I remember, you know, we, we and, and it's been really impressive, and people swear, but I know Dom absolutely loved his, and he did quite a lot of work with them. I don't know if anyone's got a thought of that. Maybe come to you first, Gaz, but I, open source has got to be a good idea, right? Well, I mean, you know, with reference to what we were talking about earlier with the you know uh, with the big guns for you know Akai and Ableton etc. Um, this is a really it's mainly one person, isn't it, or two people um, based out in New Zealand? I, I think making it open source is uh, probably the best way to get, you know, a lot more sort of brain power into the platform. Um, you know, because they wouldn't have the, the, the budget to do that, I guess. So, so I think it seems like quite a good idea in in that front. Um, but I think that, that their underlying attitudes and the way they created that thing in the first place, I think a lot of other manufacturers could look at them for. Uh, <laughs> I think they got a lot of things right, and I think the way like now the recent development with the uh, deluge about them um, coming out with an oled screen you know the original deluge just had that sort of alpha, uh, alphanumeric sort of display and then now you can they're doing a retrofit aren't they so you can have that oled screen put on your version one um deluge and that's kind of really cool that sort of ties in a bit also with that more open source more sort of i don't know more kind of community sort of focused or you know not not so corporate not so landfill sort of thinking so uh but some of the ideas that they've implemented uh, uh we've not really seen in anything and uh oh, well uh, they've pioneered a lot of things uh i love the the scrolling waveform display using all of the mm. pads to kind of show yeah. waveforms um, yeah, that was something that, and and for not only that, but also because I think uh, they started doing it, and then they started appearing in uh, uh, um, the Novation button controllers as well. So it's obviously sort of a bit of a zeitgeist with that sort. Of, but they've got so many more buttons to be able to play yeah. with, I suppose, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, great, exciting, exciting development, and you know, I hope maybe other products may come forth that could use that software. it would be nice i mean from my point of view open source uh, or certainly kind of communal uh, code repositories because i mean now i'm using uh i'm using you know I'm, I'm i'm coding in python and various things and just being able to kind of go i need something that does this and you can go and search and find something or ask chat gpt or whatever and it will go and find it for you you know these things are important you know and i think that open source uh, pods uh, thing is great i mean no microsoft owned github which is the one of the world's biggest repository of open source projects so it's got to be a good thing right paulie definitely i mean the deluge had a number of interesting synth engines before didn't it i think it had kind of a wavetable thing it had some fm uh and it had obviously this the sampling where you could offset things like sample start offset and things like that so it was already quite a feature complete instrument um 
with lots of possibilities even before. But now with open source, I mean, you're going to get all sorts of cool stuff, aren't you? Um, added. Yeah, you, you would hope you so. You see yeah. it every time. I mean, I, for instance, I'm quite interested in getting one of the, the little mini log XDs by Korg because of all that open source oscillators and stuff, you know. Um, I think you you can attract quite quirky people to make really unique, odd-sounding <laughs> things for your synth. Yeah, things well, particularly... You need some weirdo in a bedroom who can code to come up with a cool oscillator or something, you know. Um, yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is something I haven't heard before. Uh, so I agree. I, I mean, I, I think the, the bigger the platform that you open up, the more people you will draw towards it, obviously. I mean, I don't know what the user base of Deluge is, but the entry, you know, the, the, the entry to... I mean, then they weren't terribly expensive, but, I mean, they're still a significant investment, whereas uh, yes. a Minilog XD or even a, 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 um, one of the little... I can't remember what they're called, the the little Korg things, the... the NS and uh, you know... NTS1. NT1, one. NTS1, you know, I've that's got one up there, 100 quid. Actually. Yeah. They're great little really things. Nice. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I should also add it probably does take quite a lot of uh, significant effort to manage an open source repository because you have yes, to make sure that yes. nothing gets committed to that that can brick your device. You know, because you don't want that to happen. That's for sure. But uh, that's nope. well worth it. Uh, we got another question here. Actually, this is a good one. Um, this one is uh, from. Um, Mr. Gumby of our YouTube, um, what do you think about Apple releasing Logic Pro for the iPad? I don't think we covered this, did we? Because there was a big app, Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro for the iPad Pro. This is the first time, really, that Apple have, you know, because these iPad processors, they've now got equivalent power that we've got in, you know, our M1 and M2 devices. So there's an awful lot of power there, but there's very, or there were, there were no mm. Pro apps, certainly from uh, Apple, until maybe DaVinci Resolve and LumaFusion, obviously, have been doing it for yeah. a long time but now this is kind of a big deal i think i mean i'm not sure how i feel about this because we've we it's also moved to subscription which is a bit cunning i don't know what what do you think about this guys yeah well i think the subscription thing is key i think for logic users of the desktop yes. i can imagine that going forward it will be a subscription you might just be feature frozen where you are um but then going forward updates may need to be paywall but i mean to be fair you know, you've been getting uh, 10 years of incredible updates for free with Logic. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, but coming back to the iPad point, though, um, when when the iPad Pro first came out, uh, the absence of the Pro-level um, software options mm. from Apple themselves was really kind of a bit suspect. I thought that that would have happened. Probably they were just setting the scene that they had the M they had the M series planned in the you know the corporate planning that they got I don't know how it how it works but um but to get that parity of processor um I think if you're gonna be porting from iPad to computer and back again not sure. I think I, I think so. I should point out it's not just iPad Pro, it's just later iPads, you know, it'll run on iPad, you know, other iPads as well. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and actually logic will go back, I think, to is it I um I think two thousand and eighteen iPad right. I think. I, okay. Um, right. So but uh, non M so logic will run on um 
Bionic. A12 Bionic, I think. It'll go, it'll run on. But Final Cut, though, is an M-class only. Um, Now, I think it's going to be quite interesting. I begrudgingly learned to use Final Cut, and that's been my main video editor um for years i say begrudgingly i always felt i backed the wrong horse with it but um the actual idea of editing on the touchscreen is really nice for final cut luma fusion has got a very similar workflow to final cut uh and works really well so i think uh i think the ipad as an editing final cut editing uh, environment will work really well regarding logic i think it'll well, also work really well i mean it is just a laptop you can run it you can have a keyboard and a mouse now as well of course so it's it's just like a touchscreen laptop yeah really. i mean that's where we're going we get heading to parity yeah. aren't we i suppose parity i don't know yeah. uh, do you have any um of these devices is this something that you'll be uh, uh you'll be you know i don't know if you lose logic you probably don't i, I imagine but if you're no on... i've been a lifelong cubase fan right which well, is well, so, well which does i've run always on, been curious i've always been curious how much is this by the way because i didn't see that uh, I think I think the subscription for Logic is five ninety nine a month, and okay. I Final Cut is nine ninety nine. I think. Um, sure. So you know, it's not. A, I mean, it's not a massive outlay. Um, no. I mean, yes, no. as as been said in the comments, you know, let's not just bang on about subscriptions and whatnot. But it's you know, ultimately, ultimately, it's in- it's nifty that you can do this. But definitely, it's subscription. most definitely. Isn't it interesting how, just like we're seeing kind of a a convergence of different technologies, potentially um, iOS and macOS will just merge into one thing at one point, won't they? When the power and the the kind of um, performance is all there. Um, So it's good that these pro-level apps are available on kind of more mobile devices for people who prefer that approach and prefer that operating system. Um, I also did want to say, because the chat the chat went pretty alive with the the music theory slash harmony yeah. stuff before. So um, I just wanted to say that I'm not disparaging anyone for making music because it's a difficult life and you should do what you enjoy. You should make music how you enjoy. Um, but I just tend to think that learning a little bit of harmony from the right person can enrich your life, basically. It's just like learning recipes as a cook. Um, so so that's my little disclaimer. But yeah, yeah. I think um, it's great that these pro-level apps are available across a range of operating systems. Also mm. for accessibility, because um, iPad disabled access is incredible i don't know if you've ever been in that menu but there's just so many different options for different screen filters and different you know um uh enhancements so i think that could be really useful for for like a musician yeah um potentially i'm always really interested in what they're doing for blind musicians because I know one on one of the forums, and he has all sorts of issues, you know, with different things. He's got screen readers and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's got to be, be challenging. That's got to be challenging to 
to get a DAW to work for, uh, yeah, that's got to be difficult, I'd imagine. I'm, yeah, I'd imagine yeah, it's a definitely. difficult challenge to actually achieve that. It's an interesting, interesting. area of music technology, really. Yeah, definitely. I also yeah, say, yeah. Uh, Rich was in the Rich was in the chat, and uh, um, he's saying because he learned all of his stuff as a kid, and it, you know, I mean, he he's a, a, a as I would call a, a proper musician with a lot, you know. So <laughs> for him, it's very instinctive, and as he yes. said, you know, he he's just he's able to to. to to bring it out and obviously you know we all still learn i think it's just sure for people who have never learned that the initial kind of oh gosh i don't know anything it's like learning an entirely new language isn't it for many people it's kind of i it's think quite it's a the name of... nick i think what people know actually is music theory but they're not calling it music theory you know if you yeah, if you so. know a few chords and you know how to string like even four chords together to make something that sounds harmonic. You know music theory. You know what to do, what to put in to get a result out. So I think there might be a lost in translation thing as well. What I'm talking about is just learning some chords, learning some harmony. You know, yeah, absolutely. So you can smooch. <laughs> okay, well, we've got one more uh, from Nick House. This might be a contentious one. We, we don't have to dwell on it too much, but it was an interesting thing, isn't it? It's the uh, uh, Nick House via Twitch. What's the panel's take on the legal's takedown of L L the LML-generated uh, weekend Drake tune and the potential more for legal action on AI music and how they're already using it? I mean, this is a, I mean, it's a big, big topic. One thing I yeah. will say, I heard a really good um, uh, analogy about AI and the way that the sort of, every, we're all getting a bit hysterical about it essentially you know i don't think it's going to replace all that stuff you know the thing is what ai is likely to replace all the crappy writing and the crappy tunes and the sort of elevated music and the the stuff that we hate and you know is just is is not actually done very well maybe that will be generated by ai and some somebody doesn't have to do that anymore which is not a bad thing because you know it must be very soul destroying writing articles about you know what time the super bowl's on you know who wants to do that? Who wants to do it? And who, by the same token, who necessarily wants to, to to create music that is considered worthless for certain things? You know, it's never going to replace yeah. true art and true because we can tell. You know, we can tell the difference. One analogy I thought I'll I'll, I'll mess around with this. I put a prompt into uh, ChatGPT and I said, "Write me an article that uh, about the top six LFO mod." Uh, oscillator modules uh, for Eurorack that came out last year that are under 300 bucks and it wrote something and it, I don't know whether it was true or not because I don't know all of them some of it you know it, it seemed okay but I saw it and it was immediately taken by how generic that was and then I recognized that I had seen that kind of thing everywhere so we're already seeing it but we don't it's like we just we don't bother take it it's like you know um junk mail you know you just you just let it wash over you you don't actually kind of you're not going to pick up a pamphlet that comes in through your letterbox that's for a local pizza place or for you know get rich quick scream and, and go oh this is really really interesting i'm going to study this and <laughs> appreciate the way it's been you're not are you 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 just it's informational and that's it so yes. um I don't know the full uh, situation about this, but I just thought it was an interesting opportunity to kind of, has anybody been using this kind of technology uh, and has anybody considered it and what would they use it for and what wouldn't they use it for? Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, I was thinking, would I use AI? And the interesting thing is I wouldn't use it for what we've been talking about, harmony because I feel that's the most important bit of my music and the most important thing I do in my music. 
So say if I've got that harmony there, I might use AI for sketching the window dressing around it. You know like an arranger keyboard will do whatever with your chords. I might, for right. instance, put, put my chords down and I might get AI to say, play this, play these chords in the style of Jimi Hendrix or something like that. Um, and try that out. But I don't think I'd ever give up control of my harmonic, um, you know, yeah, lifeblood to be dramatic. Because that's that's the most important bit of music to me, harmony. Way more important than any of these synths, even though I love my synths. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be useful for speeding up, just like samplers, the Fairlight, sped up some of the grunt work in the studio. You know, because you could sample, for instance, a bass drum and a shaker and uh, and kind of, you know, um, put that down real quickly. Maybe AI, maybe I'll learn to, to kind of be less of a control freak over the placement of every note and let AI yeah, maybe take so. some of that control. Well, I think oh. I, I think the other thing that we're doing is, you know, I, by, by giving it, you know, calling it AI, we are over-grandizing it to a certain extent and we're feeding the sure. uh, the hysteria that is going... Because it's not. It's basically algorithmic data set, you know, stuff. It's not. It's nothing yeah. to do with intelligence. It's dumb. As dumb as you like. It's just convincing in some ways. I don't know Next. whether or not... Um, yeah, I don't know whether whether it's something... I, I think I might use it for... Like I say, I would like to use it for things like, you know, if I'm doing lots and lots of repetitive tasks over and over again, yeah. I, I'm the sort of person that will program or design a workflow that automates some of that. And I would consider sure. that that's the sort of thing I would use this for. Yeah, I mean... I'd like at the end of a session just to say, uh, okay, uh, get delete all unused takes, uh, save and back up today's session. Thank you. you know, yeah. Uh, things like that. And, you know, um, but then be able to even get that down to, uh, I don't know, just good like night. A, a one word. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Alexa, shut down the studio. Oh, God. What have shut I said? I'm studio. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that sort of stuff yeah and also oh, oh um, no <laughs> what's happened it's all right i've just i was just messing with you i was oh, you pretending a, like you I, added a fourth yeah i've added a black person. frame yeah it's like That's oh my incredible. god <laughs> um you know like yeah so I, i've been making sample sets recently and then just having to export them out and name them and all that oh kind of god stuff. yeah, yeah. Just, that's that so, stuff can be done that stuff can yeah. be done. In fact, I've yeah. done, I've done I, I use spreadsheets for all that sort of stuff now. So I just sure. get a load of spreadsheets and I manipulate. I use it for making YouTube chapters. I use it for running this entire show. I use it for turning it markers on our edit machine mm. into YouTube chapters. I mean, there's just tons of ways. That you, and I suppose that could be distilled into a, a, a command, you know what I mean? I mean, because ultimately, you know, programming languages and programming is a bit impenetrable. We're talking about essentially natural language programming yes. techniques, which is, is you could just say, I want you to do this, please. And, you know, it'll come up with a viable possibility. The problem is, is when you have no knowledge whatsoever about what you've asked it to do, you don't know whether it's done it dangerously, correctly, uh, sure. wrong or anything. <laughs> you just go, it works it works it, it works it must be okay because it might not be it might be terrible i mean yeah. when it comes to music your ear is always going to be the arbiter of whether it's done it right and it's never going to be able to do that but you might you know you might be able to just kind of wouldn't it be great to go kind of okay um can you just 
Can you just sort out this drum track so that it's all the transients are in time, but only to within, you know, uh, uh, no more yeah. than 10% or something like that? No, so no, can you, no, no. Can no, you do it up a bit? John, to it within John Bonham's tolerances. So it's <laughs> nice. like all the Led Zeppelin stuff and then it's... That's done. an idea. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. How about mixing and mastering? That might be something that... AI yeah. does. Ma mastering is, I mean, I think the, the, the way it's gone in mastering, like I use yeah. Ozone a lot. And yes. uh, the new Ozone 10, hey, look at this on it, sponsored by Isotope. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the stabilizer, the stabilizer is the most rad mastering tool I've used in. I would almost say decades. And, that, but that, and that's machine learning, isn't it? Let's not confuse yeah. I mean, which is essentially uh, yeah. what all of this, all yeah. of this is a machine learning. Yeah, sure. It's not AI. Yeah. It's it's no. big data set. Okay, I've got yeah. something a bit big like this. Set. Does this work? Yeah, that's Number crunching, big, being able to get through lots and, you know, I think in the stabilizer, it can kind of cross, it works out what your genre of music mm. is or closest to it. And then I think it's got some sort of, I mean, all of this is all behind closed doors, I guess. I, I don't know how it works, but it can cross-reference thousands of examples within that genre. And, nice. and Techno-skiffle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I urge people to try that out, actually, and see what you think, because I've, 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 worked, I've used it extensively on two projects, and we've approached it with a certain amount of cynicism and caution, and just have ended up just going... Wow. Yeah. Well, sort of, uh, yeah. But, um, I think it's a question of finding out what... I mean, uh, full disclosure, we used AI for... Well, not AI. We used ChatGPT for our show coverage because I get the, the, the transcript of the video that we just shot with person A. All the words yeah. they said are in a big text file, and then I tell ChatGPT, can you summarise this into two paragraphs to make it into a news item? And, you know, as long as they got the product name right and everything else it's pretty damn good and it speeds up the mm. workflow enormously. And it's very transient information. It's not like this article is going to be on the web forever and people will refer to it. It's the video that's important. You've got to tell it, you've got to make sure that if it suggests any links, you check those because they usually are wrong. It just uh, assumes it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Nick House says that it was more about the legal, ram legal ramifications of takedown, but this is good. But yes, I mean, the legal ramifications, you know, as we're seeing everywhere else, you know, the thing is, is administrations everywhere, you know, governments or whatever, freaking out about this concept, AI is going to take over the world. They are terrible at making policy based on public hysteria. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Legal situation is exactly the same. It's driven by, you know, what it might cost my client or what money we can make. So I don't know what the legal ramifications are. And pretty much legal ramifications are being blown out of the water everywhere with states banning yeah. TikTok and banning certain you know it's certain but i mean it's getting ridiculous i mean you can't shut down you can't shut it down you know once you've sort of made this information available so yeah i don't know sorry yes. uh, nick we didn't get a full uh, answer to that but uh, we should <laughs> probably wrap things up because <laughs> yeah. we could talk about this for ages but if you can use it and it makes sense use it you know just use it for good not for not for making terribly irritating and vacuous things whether it be written imagery or or words because it just pollutes you know dilutes everything else but then you know as humans we're very good at pattern recognition we're very good at realizing when something is generated we can be oh that's impressive you know as again another example was I, i'm sorry to, i was going to close it down another example was you know yes you could get um <clears throat> 
AI or whatever, ChatGPT, to write an episode of The Simpsons based on the 3,000 episodes or 30 years. And it could write one and it would probably be passable. You might watch it out of interest, but you'd never watch it again because it wouldn't be funny, it wouldn't be right, it wouldn't have any of the good things that make sure. it, you know, human-based. So, you know, I wouldn't worry I, about it too much. I wonder, could, could AI mean that only the people who really have that burning passion stay? In music, you know. Uh, well, the people are prepared to put up the, with the, the put up with all the crap it takes to yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. Other we'd... people might go, oh, I'm not getting in this game. AI got it. AI AI has got it wrapped up, you know, in kind of production music and things like that. And it might just be, you know, the really passionate people left. Maybe. I don't know. Well, that, maybe that's a good thought to maybe, maybe that's a good thought to end the show with because that seems like <laughs> a quite a positive outcome uh, in a way. So you know, yes, I think that's not a bad idea. But we should probably wrap things up. Thanks everybody to their quest for their questions. Don't forget um, if you want to ask questions of the panel uh, or have any questions, to just start them with QQ. And as soon as the next week's show is ready, you can leave them in yeah. the comments there, and they'll get picked up. So we've got a big list to start with. So I'm glad we got through a few of those. Um, I do uh, apologise. We haven't done them for a little while but uh, there's been an awful lot of, to get through so that is pretty much it for this week thank you everybody Gaz um, of course you'll be doing a show later on about the boss uh, pod mixer yeah. right yeah and um, and to sort of demonstrate as well we've got uh, look at this that's the uh, okay. new Arturia no, is that the firmware for the, uh, the microphone firmware. Yeah, what well, you know, what incredible bonus that is for, you know, what is it, four yeah, or five-year-old product now? Amazing. But, yeah, we're going to be looking at the Gigcaster 8 tonight, uh, 8 p.m. UK time. What do we say? I'm always confused about this. Do we say BST? It's not GMT. When, when we're uh, well, some British time. standard time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's British standard time. time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know is the answer. 8 p.m. on the Gaz Williams channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yes. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, Paulie, thank you very much. I do urge uh, those of you who haven't had the chance to go over to uh, Paulie's channel, Magical Synth Adventure, yes. if you search for that uh, and check out the latest video on uh, uh, Amiga Software Commodore Synth. Amiga. Commodore Soft Amiga. Synth, yes, there yeah. we go. Yeah, but thank please, you, everybody. Please have a look because it's, uh, it's pretty, you know, groundbreaking stuff, I think, some of the original Soft Synths. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you all next time, and uh, we'll say goodbye for now. Bye-bye now.